0: Welcome to episode 23 of Unsweetened and Unfiltered, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about a very time-sensitive issue, which is the issue of Kashmir. There's so much going on in
1: Kashmir and the surrounding countries that so many people aren't familiar with and they have no knowledge about it and it's not their fault that there's no um, education on it or uh, that the media mainstream media isn't covering it as much as they should or at all but it's a serious issue and millions and millions and millions of people their lives are at stake right now
0: I think it is a little sad that like I didn't know much about the situations going on in India and Pakistan taking Kashmir out of the whole situation and it's something that I don't know, were we ever educated about this in our history classes? Maybe, maybe not. I don't really remember. I don't remember the emphasis of it or anything. I think we're very educated when it comes to our own specific homelands. And when it comes to India and Pakistan, I've learned so much in the recent weeks. um, after hearing about what's going on in Kashmir. And sadly, you guys, the issue of Kashmir didn't just happen overnight. This has been going on for seventy plus years. Again, same thing that's been going on in Palestine. So I resonated a lot with this situation, but at the same time, I think it should resonate with all of us, regardless of mirrors what's going on in your homeland or not. These are actual people going through a genocide and at the cleansing, um, a military siege. Absolutely. And on, on today's episode, we talked to Aisha Malik. Aisha Malik is, I think, somebody that you guys are a little familiar with. She is the girl who um, Priyanka decides to tell her stop venting when she was actually only voicing her concern, and I'm very proud of her. Somebody like that who you know what, BeautyCon might not have been the proper moment to talk about this but I don't believe in that, I think you you need to take that mic, you need to snatch it, if you have something to say and you want to right somebody's wrong, take that mic and take that opportunity and that's what Aisha Malik did and if you guys don't know anything else more than Aisha Malik other than the girl who you know, confronted Priyanka, kudos to her um, she is an entrepreneur you know, she got her influence or her, her followers because she, she has this beautiful hair and she got recognized from that and that's amazing And I mean, we've seen it ourselves. Her hair is so beautiful, you guys. But other than that, other than being an influencer online, behind the scenes, she's an actual interfaith activist. She does live in Anchorage, Alaska, which is crazy. That's so crazy. Yeah, and she got her business management degree, and she also got um, a degree in religion from the Eastern Washington University. She did used to run uh, the Spokane Interfaith Council before she moved back to Alaska to run her family's business, which is a car dealership. So So basically beauty and the brains. Yeah, I love that. That's so true. Because you know what? You can't judge a book by its cover. She's Mm -hmm. so beautiful, but little do you know, like, something like this is you know hits home and she she does a lot of interfaith and i think that's it speaks volumes about who she is and why she decides to take that mic and not miss out on that chance to absolutely say something to somebody who she thought was hypocritical
1: and on today's episode we will not be doing our unfiltered advice because we want to kind of focus on the issue at hand but i think i'm going to give some unsolicited advice and that is stay active and open your eyes to what's going on in the world Follow journalists who are on the forefront seeing these things and taking uh, documentation, you know, taking pictures and videos. I mean, we mentioned in this episode two journalists who are on the forefront in Kashmir documenting and talking about what they're seeing on a daily basis. And you're not going to get that information anywhere else. So stay active. Be proactive
0: and uh, just talk about what's going on in the world because there's so many people who don't know. That's great advice, to be honest, because, again, like, there's... It's a ripple effect. It's a domino effect. Just keep talking. Like, use your voice at the very... Like, the bare minimum, use your voice. And never think that your voice is not enough. I mean, you have her. Like, she just, like she made headlines and she allowed Priyanka's True Colors to really come out. SubhanAllah how things work out, oh, yeah. to be honest. It's it's crazy. So, um, one more thing before we dive in. We did have a giveaway two weeks ago um, and it was our guest Sada Bowani from our other episode when we were talking about seeking therapy and whatnot. She wrote a book and it's called Wholehearted and I really, really love it. So, if you guys did not win this week's giveaway, please make sure you guys support her and buy her book. It's, it's, it's such so worth it. very raw poetry and it, it mirrors her Life and it's it's everything that she's gone through. So the winner of this week's giveaway of Wholehearted is Rand Diab, M.D. So congratulations, Rand Diab! You are just won your copy of uh, Wholehearted. You're so gonna love it. You're gonna really really love it. Add it to your library if you already don't have one. And yeah, just slide into our DMs and we'll definitely take care of the rest. So, so let's get into this episode. Definitely, let's dive in. Let's do it. Thank you so much, Aisha, for joining us. Before we dive into this very serious topic, um, a very relevant topic at this moment and time sensitive, I want you to give our listeners a background on who you are and why this issue literally hits home
2: for you. I was born in Lahore, Pakistan. I immigrated to the United States when I was a child. 20 years ago, I became a U.S. citizen. Growing up, I would spend nine months of the year here in the United States for the school year, and then three months for summer vacation back home. So I'm going back and forth growing up. And I do believe I'm a product of both environments. They both shaped me, who I am. And um, so I'm both an insider and an outsider. 99% of my family lives in Lahore. And that's like, what, 45 minutes away from the border? So Indo-Pak relations are very important to me. Back in March, I was planning on visiting my family. It's about 46 hours worth of travel from Anchorage to Lahore. And so we, we get halfway and we get stopped at the airport. They said, we can't let you go further because the Pakistani airspace has been closed. They're trying to protect themselves because there might be another attack from India. And I am frantically calling my family back home and I'm scared out of my mind and they're not picking up. All I remember is that I got this brief message from my uncle saying, sorry, we got to go. We got to get food, water, shelter. we got to run for the hills. There's bombs outside. And in my mind, I was thinking, that's it. Me and my parents, my siblings were the last of our lineage. We lost everything in 1947 when we had to start all over again. And I felt like the exact same thing was happening again in 2019. And I'll never forget that feeling.
0: I need people to understand when you say 99% of your family lives in an area where there is turmoil or there's possible turmoil that can happen at any minute, like your immediate family is the only family that lives here. The rest from your cousins to your aunts, uncles, everybody lives in Pakistan. And you even said they're that close to the Indian-Pakistani border. So you have two countries that, like you said, are nuclear-powered countries, like, they can each wipe out the other. Can you give us background information and why there's so much turmoil between India and Pakistan? How were they even created? How did they come about?
2: What's going on over there? Oh, India and Pakistan, we're obsessed with each other. We're so similar. We have more things in common than differences. If you travel outside of the world, we get grouped together for a reason. We look the same, we eat the same foods, we sound the same, we watch the same movies. But let's be honest, we have different religions. Therefore, we have these wars and we have these problems and we focus on that one particular difference. And it's it's frustrating. Like I said, I feel like I'm both an insider and an outsider. So I see things that I have a different perspective than most. Where does Kashmir come into play? So Kashmir is stuck in between Pakistan, India and China. And it's a very special region. And there's this custody battle that's going on between India and Pakistan. And for as long as I remember, we're all, we've always been trying to win that area. Um, If you look at maps of Pakistan, they include Kashmir. And if you see maps of India, they include Kashmir as well. And it doesn't make sense because that means we're like blending into each other. Um, It's a, it's a really petty thing to do, but here's this group of people. They've been going through a humanitarian crisis for the past 70 years. And They've never been in world headlines till now because that's how bad the situation is getting. There's a genocide going on. When I was growing up, I remember the Pakistani government just fighting and fighting and fighting to win that region over. And for the first time ever, we have a prime minister that is more based on peace. He's moderate. And he has stated that Kashmir is for Kashmiris. And the general census in Pakistan agrees. They want Kashmir to have their own freedom. And I think that's a really big deal. Yeah, and let's let's reverse it a little bit. So people know, like, what
0: do you mean Kashmir wants its own independence? Why doesn't it have its own independence? At one point, it was independence. But then there were these Pakistani tribesmen who were trying to invade Kashmir at one point. This is forever ago. And basically, Kashmir looked to India for help. They seeked help from India. And in return... Now it's there's when it comes to Kashmir, there's India administered Kashmir and then there's Pakistan administered Kashmir. So this is where it's it gets a little complicated because you have a group of people, Kashmiris, who now are looking because, again, with with leadership comes change. So now at one point you said Pakistan wasn't the peaceful country that it used to be and India was the one that was peaceful. Now the tables have turned. So you have Pakistan's prime minister who wants peace, who wants Kashmir to have its own choice. And then you have India now. you know, taking things into their own hands, which we are going to dive into a little bit deeper in, in, in a bit. It's so interesting that you did say that. Really, who knew about Kashmir up until no. now? I mean, that's why I think it's so important that we're doing this episode because
1: I think a lot of what people know about this is through social media. And although social media is such an important tool in, in spreading knowledge, sometimes things get misinterpreted or misunderstood and so that's why we need to let people know that they need to know that this is important and people's lives are at stake and they've been at stake for 70
0: years what has been happening leading up to today like when it comes to india and pakistan have there been wars have there been attacks is it has always been about kashmir that's why they're
2: at constant odds we've always been at odds like i mean there's been few years here and there where we're not like attacking one another but it's still tense it's always been tense. you just can you can watch any Bollywood film and it would like it would reference it in some way it's just a part of our history it's a part of who we are
1: um and Pakistan and India agreed to like a ceasefire in two thousand three. Do you know what kind of recreated the tensions and what brought the tensions back. I know they were almost
0: at peace. Yes. So you even had the prime minister of Pakistan coming to the prime minister of India's swearing ceremony. I mean, there was a point where they were getting along. What happened after that? So
2: there's this huge resurgence of Hindutva, which is this fascist ideology where religious minorities like Muslims and Christians are considered foreign invaders. And that really adds fuel to the fire. So in the past, Pakistan wasn't this peaceful, loving country that it was before. And now we're finally we have this prime minister that is a moderate and India, a secular nation, has this Hindu nationalist as their leader. And he is inciting violence between minority groups and the tables have turned
0: for sure. I definitely don't want anybody listening to this episode to think that we are blaming India in any way because sometimes the leadership of a country does not mirror its people and, and how they truly are because I don't think anybody really wants war for their country. So even though there are nationalists as leaders, it doesn't reflect the actual people. So anybody that's Indian, this is not attack against Indians. This is not attack against Pakistan, people of Pakistan either. Absolutely. I think as Palestinians, we can relate to that, that not everything
1: that our leaders are saying we believe in or that we uh, we trust or
0: we support. Yeah. So for three decades, there has been this revolt against Indian rule in the region. And when I say region, I'm talking about Kashmir and India blames Pakistan for this. And they think that they're behind it. Basically, they think Pakistan is the one that's egging Kashmir to just become independent, to leave India, to just like separate itself from India. And I think it's almost like there's just this blame game going on. And that's why there's just so much tension going on. How about we jump into the whole Priyanka Chopra showdown before we dive a little bit more deeper into Kashmir? Can you like give us an insight on that day? And were you even planning on ever even confronting Priyanka when you attended the BeautyCon
2: event? The answer is no, despite what everybody says online. I know how it looks like, but let me explain myself. So I go to BeautyCon because I have lots of influencer friends. And the one day of the year that we all get to meet up is at BeautyCon. And so I'm there to like support them and meet up with them. My friend has her meet and greet at uh, the Aussie booth, which was like around the corner. So I'm there. I'm supporting her. And I'm starting to walk across the convention to go to my other friend's meet and greet. And as I'm passing by, I pass the center stage. And it's huge. They have these giant screens. And there's Priyanka. Her face is big. She has a microphone. I can hear everything she says. And it was so surreal because I stopped and I looked at her and I thought, I've invited this woman into my home millions of times through Bollywood DVDs. It's so weird that I'm in the same vicinity as her. And so I'm walking, walking. And then I hear her say this, I'm a humanitarian and I believe that we should love our neighbors. And I stopped in my tracks. I was so triggered. And I said, wait, what did she just say? And my friend who's Pakistani, she was shoving me. She was pushing me. I should just keep walking. It's not worth it. I don't want to hear what she has to say. I knew that she was headlining that day. But I thought she was going to be talking about her makeup routine, beauty stuff. So I was like, no, I need to know why she said that. That doesn't seem, that seems random. Okay, so I'm walking through the crowd. And I'm in the back with general admission. I have a talent pass. So I could have sat in the front if I really wanted to hear what she had to say. I could have planned this out. It really was random, almost like this divine intervention that I had to be there. And so I heard the last 10, 20 minutes of her talking. And she didn't really talk about beauty. She only talked about her humanitarian work and how she's like basically trying to save the planet. And it was really hard to hear that. and it. It turned me into a person that I don't, I didn't even recognize in that moment. I was like getting angry because of how hypocritical she was being. And I kept looking out at the audience because they were just eating it up. And if you watch the video, I'm still looking out at the audience just to make sure. Is there anybody here that looks like me? Is there any South Asians in the audience? And from what I could see, no. And that's why I had to say what I had to say. Back in February, when she tweeted those things, a lot of us were coming at her like, wait a minute, you're a UN ambassador for peace. Why are you supporting war? Can
0: we can we talk about what that tweet was specifically? So people have like, just in case, you know, people really didn't know what's yeah. going on, why why you felt you had to, you know,
2: face um, Priyanka head on. What was her tweet? What did it say? I remember specifically the day that tweet happened because um, that was the day when I thought, my lineage was going to end. I thought that was the day that I was going to be the last of my family. So that's why that date, it's seared in my mind. And I said that she tweeted Jay Hind, hashtag Indian Armed Forces on February 26th, 2019. And that may seem like a very harmless tweet, but timing is everything. She tweeted during a time where tensions were at its highest. Uh, That's the day that I honestly thought the countries were going to be wiped off the map it is a common saying in India. We also have a similar saying to Pakistan's in the bud. And I'm also angry to the Pakistani celebrities that were tweeting that at that day. And I'm I'm mad at the other Bollywood celebrities that were tweeting Jay Hind that day. But here's the difference between all of them and Priyanka. She's Mrs Jonas. She has this international platform. She was Miss World. She's a UN ambassador. She was in Baywatch. Like, she has a different audience. And so I expect something, I expect higher expectations from her. For being somebody that's a UNICEF ambassador, UN ambassador of
0: peace. Like, it's, you're a peace. Exactly. That day, she could, ha, she could have, I, I understand, people love their countries. Everybody should love their country. But there's a fine line that she was skidding as somebody who is an ambassador of peace. Because that day, she could have either just not tweeted that or she could have been a little bit more general and said something along the lines like, I hope there's peace between these two regions. We don't want these fights because Jai Hind, if I'm pronouncing correctly, it translates to long live India. And then the one that you said for Pakistan, same thing like long live Pakistan. You're choosing a side in that instance, right? Absolutely, then and there. Yeah. And I think a lot of her followers,
1: obviously, they're not keeping up with the news or not keeping up with global news so they don't know what's really going on and it really is pulling people on that side and it's creating this like appetite for war an appetite for like division between these two countries instead of like you said trying to be a UN ambassador for
0: peace she's creating division and it's completely opposite of what she should be doing. I really don't want to give her too much attention but I do want to know how did you even get the mic and how did you feel like it's up to me right now to say something because you could have kept quiet, but it it was, it was, it's subhanAllah, like how crazy was it? She could have been talking about her eyeshadow or whatever makeup line. But at that moment that you were passing her in those few seconds, she said those words and it's as
2: if it was, you were meant to be at that place at that time to hear that. Exactly. That's what it felt like because it was an out of body experience. I, I feel like I blacked out because when I watched the video and the way I'm talking to her, I don't talk to anybody like that. Like, I agree with people online, like, whoa, that was a little intense. But it came from a place of hurt. And I was speaking on behalf of millions of people on both sides of the border. I'm scared. We're scared. Why aren't you scared? It was almost like as if she's profiting from the war. I know her BFF is Modi. He basically officiated her wedding. So it's like you, these relationships that she has matters, whether you like it or not. So she
0: is BFFs with India's prime minister. She has strong ties. Can you tell us what you know? You you said
2: that she's trying to be the prime minister of India as well one day. She's going to run for that? Yes. She announced a few months ago that she's going to run for PM one day and that she wants Nick Jonas to run for president of the United States. Just goes to show you that she cares a lot about titles. At the end of the day, she's trying to create this image of herself, but she doesn't practice what she preaches.
0: I want to like go back to the purpose of speaking out. You're somebody that maybe you have a following. You are an influencer. People do know who you are on a smaller scale than Priyanka. But you did not let that stop you. What, what's the importance of wanting to speak out and just be like, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm by myself. I'm one person. But you did what you had to do.
2: Yeah, I know. My following is not that big. And it's all based off of my hair. No one really knows that I I was an activist before this. Um, I'm an interfaith activist, and that's basically somebody that's trying to create interfaith dialogue between religious uh, communities. I've always been about peace building and building bridges between communities. And I guess that came out that day because... I've always wanted India and Pakistan to have friendly ties with one another. But I don't know if it's going to actually happen in my lifetime. I I honestly think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better.
0: So your whole point, Aisha, is that like you didn't sign up for the Influencer Life. It just came about. It happened. But really, at the core, you care more so about interfaith connections and building bridges between countries and, and between religions at some point, too.
2: Yes, exactly. And um, I never posted about it because let's be honest, uh, it's not sexy and nobody wants to see that online. So I would post my selfies and then uh, move along with my day. And yeah, and I read in one interview that you also said that it's very interesting because I
0: think this was a great point. You said that it's up to us to hold our leaders accountable and change the narrative. And in today's world, this is possible. And I think thanks to social media, it is possible because your video was viewed like, I mean, people lost count thousands and thousands of times it was viewed. And it's very interesting because the topic of conversation was Kashmir. And it's interesting how it took a beauty con event to happen and for you to be at the right place in the right time for people to other than India and other than Pakistani people to see, oh, OK,
2: what is Kashmir? What is going on in there? Yeah. How do you feel about that? People are upset that I brought politics to BeautyCon, But here's the thing. I did it. Priyanka brought it up first. She was trying to fool the audience, let's be honest here. And I felt like it was my duty at that moment to say something because there was a reason why I was passing by at that moment whether you're at a beauty event or standing
1: in the un it's a humanitarian crisis you're going to fight for what you believe in no matter where you're standing and no matter who you're surrounded with but watching the video i mean dunya and i've watched it multiple times the way that she's responding to you is kind of like belittling and she's not really letting you say what you wanted to say so let's say you had the chance to actually say something to her what would you what would your full statement be because i noticed she did keep cutting you off
2: Yeah, she was deflecting. She wasn't even answering the question. And you could hear her say, I walk a middle ground just like you. And that was very Trump-like in that moment. You could see the disgust on my face that she's just trying to make it sound like I'm super nationalistic of my country, which is not the case at all. What I wanted to ask her was that, are you going to relinquish your title as UN ambassador or are you going to start building bridges between our two countries? And I never got to ask that question. I was only on the mic for 40 seconds. And in those 40 seconds, uh, she, to her advantage, she got to tone police me. You can hear in the audio, there's three people that clap for her. And she goes, thanks, girls. And it was so weird that she wanted that validation so badly because I was surrounded by hundreds of her fans, not mine. Feeling deep down inside, she knew what she was saying was wrong. And that's why she stopped in that moment and went, thanks, girls. I think she wanted to collect her thoughts in that
0: little moment, I guess, because you did catch her off guard. And I think it's up to us to catch these people off guard when they are saying such things that don't match with what their actions are. You know what I mean? So here's somebody's talking about peace, but then she's personally she's tweeting something completely the total opposite. And I think people need to understand that Kashmiris have been suffering for 70 years and no one has talked about it other than India, Pakistan and Kashmir, just like you said. And. You literally had that mic in your hand, but deep down, and you've said this in other interviews, you want to pass it down to actual Kashmiris so they can say their stories because there's also a fine line between speaking up for somebody and being the echo of, of, of a group of people. Unfortunately, it's just, you know what's so crazy? That we've seen the video, everybody's seen the video, everybody now is talking about Kashmir, but even the people of Kashmir probably will never get to see that video or know that you've said this or anything like that. So I kind of want to like transition into... Kashmir and what's going on and what is exactly Article 370? Do you, Can you even give us just like a background or like just a brief
2: summary of what it is? So Article 370 was administered by India and it allows Kashmir to have its own constitution, a separate flag and an independence in all matters except for foreign affairs, defense and communication. And then August 5th, the Indian governing party, BJP, it revoked Article 370. They banned Internet. There's no telephone lines. Uh, There's no communication to the outside world. That's like step one of genocide. I mean, that just gave me chills because that's so true. That is. you, You
1: can't talk to anyone outside of your neighborhood, basically. I mean, you're probably not allowed to travel as much or leave Kashmir. So it's you can't tell people in another country, hey, this is what we're going through. This is what we're experiencing. And it's really just the journalists down there who are delivering this
0: information. I mean, this Indian government, again, or nationalists, let's just use the term nationalist. Clearly, if they were doing something right, then they wouldn't have to cut Kashmir off from the rest of the world. There wouldn't have been a blackout. So there's obviously something that's going on. And I I feel like I don't want people to feel so desensitized to every crisis that's going on, because there are a lot of tragedies going on in the world. But you have to really put yourself in the shoes of these people. They have no outside communication with anybody they are not allowed to talk to their families and their families are living in the States or in Pakistan or anywhere, even in India. They don't know what's going on with their family members. I really want people to, that are listening to really understand that and really soak that in. Imagine not knowing what's going on with your family. And then there are thousands of troops that are being pushed into Kashmir, India administered Kashmir, and you do not know what these people are going to do to the people of Kashmir? I mean, we kind of do know. Um, again, we're gonna dive a little bit into that later on where we've had journalists actually go in there and tell us what is going on. But where does Pakistan now come in this basically? They see that their neighbor India is doing this to their section, the Indian Minister of Kashmir. Where does Pakistan come in?
2: How do they feel about this? So Pakistan believes that it's illegal on India's part and the majority of Kashmir either wants to be independent or be governed by Pakistan. Pakistanis believe that Kashmir is for Kashmiris, so they're on the side of independence. Uh, Kashmir is the only state within India that has the majority Muslim region, and that definitely does play a role into all of this.
1: And it's incredible that Pakistan now has a leader who is thinking about its people and thinking about their safety and not wanting to engage in anything but freedom. But um, unfortunately, those countries across the world that have leaders in place that don't think that way, and it's dangerous for. I mean, and they're just thinking about themselves. Like we said, it's all about power. They're not thinking about the people at home who have to watch this unfold. And I should.
0: How do you feel about I mean, like, I think people need to understand that you're not somebody that's 100% for Pakistan. It's my country or no country. You actually support India as well. You support the people of India,
2: too. Yeah, I mean, we migrated over from there. So it's not like I'm, I'm 100% for Pakistan. I know that I have ancestral roots in India and here in the United States as South Asians. I don't consider my Indian friends, my Bangla friends, all my other Desi friends that are not Pakistani, I don't consider them anything different than me. That's how I feel about the region as well. And I know Pakistani Indians who live there full time probably disagree with me because they're focused too much on the differences. If they come and live outside of that region, they will see like, wow, we have so much more in common. Why, why do we fight? It's so dumb
0: yeah sometimes like when you look at the, like the people and not the leaders and everything like that and you do take yourself out of it and you live in a different country completely you you see it from a completely different lens and it's just so interesting and, and
1: like you said you have family ties like ancestral t- family ties in India I mean think of it this way think of us dividing America in half I have I live in Chicago right now but I have ties in Florida my family's in Florida and yes Chicago has similarities to Florida and yeah we eat the same way and we talk the same way and we do the same stuff but imagine us divided like that it's kind of the same effect where yes you you do love that part of america that's separate from you but you're you're separate and and whatever it is whether it's politics or leaders that just want power that's dividing that
0: it's still sad at the end it's just a sad uh thing to envision aisha are you able to talk to your family now that are from pakistan that are living in pakistan have you been in any um constant communication
2: with them as of recently? Yes, uh, we have this giant family group chat on WhatsApp. We talk every single day. It was just uh, back in February and March where it was really scary.
0: Have they said anything about what's going on in Kashmir? Do they have any other insight? Because again, it's very hard to know what's going on there when there's been a media blackout other than journalists going over there, which we'll talk about
2: in a minute. No, I mean, we have the exact same communication, which is social media. So whatever they know, I know as well. I'm trying my best to hand over the mic to Kashmiris and Kashmiri reporters, but it's extremely hard. So. What I've been doing is just retweeting them over and over and over again. Ever since this Priyanka incident, I actually haven't tweeted since. I've only been retweeting over and over and over. And um, I I hope people recognize that I'm really not trying to speak for Kashmir and Kashmiris. I'm just trying to retweet what they're saying. And I'm still getting backlash for it. Like as if I'm doing propaganda against India. I'm not anti-Indian. I can't stress that enough. These nationalists that are coming at me, they have no idea that I'm actually trying to fight for their right to live. Because I read somewhere that if India and Pakistan actually go at it, 23 million Indians will die and 18 million Pakistanis will die it's fine I'll take the heat I'm just gonna keep retweeting these people people will always attack you whether whatever you say whether whatever
0: side you're on or anything like that and I think it's up to us and it's just so interesting that we're the generation now that have the the power to speak and actually have our voices be heard like I said like you're somebody that was a beauty con and your video has been passed along so many times and it's not now it's not only Indians or Pakistanis or or even just anybody that's from Middle East or South Asia that know what's going on in Kashmir, you have actual Americans now more wide awake and knowing what is going on over there to to a certain extent, again, because of the media blackout. And again, this episode might air in a few days or whatnot, but who knows what's going to happen. The story is developing. So again, this not my... might not be up to date, but I do want to highlight a journalist. Her name is Zeba Siddiqui. I hope I pronounced her first name right. But she witnessed firsthand what Kashmir was like after the abolition of the Article Three Seventy, which was announced in um, in the beginning of August. Basically, from her point of view, she's seen that people are protesting. Kashmiris are not just huddled in their homes, hiding away. They are protesting. And yes, sometimes these protests are life or death. They don't know if they're going to end up coming home alive or they're going to go home or they're going to be shot dead by the soldiers there. There's blackouts. There's actually a military siege. And... All they want, and majority of them, they just want freedom from Indian rule. And you have these Indian forces, Indian police forces are coming in. They're smashing people's windows with stones, damaging their property in retaliation to the stone throwing. And on aid, I mean, aid just passed. For us, it was joyful. It was great. But how many of us were thinking of Kashmir? Because guess what? Kashmir, they didn't have an aid celebration at all.
2: Yeah, I heard that Kashmir, the streets were quiet. There was not a soul out. So that is not right Because as Muslims, we go out and about for Eid that we only get like, what, two holidays. So we're loud. And there's the fact that nobody is on the street. I can't even imagine spending Eid like huddled in my home, scared out of my mind.
0: I mean, they're at the point right now, you guys also got to think like, oh, okay, media blackout, there's military siege. Now it's to the point where these people can't, they're unable to work. And if you're not working, you have absolutely no money for medicine or food. Majority of them are elderly. They have absolutely no money for medicine. So these people are also dying off. Some people are even scared to go to the hospitals to get even treated because there might be raids in the hospitals too. And again, being Palestinian, we know that all too well, how common that is. So it's like putting them in cages. It's taking away their source of income their source of food,
1: their source of independence and freedom, and it's putting them and locking them up in cages. Like you mentioned, Ziba Siddiqui, this is why it's so important for us to follow the journalists on social media who are out there on the front line witnessing this firsthand because we can't really trust either government to give us the information because whether Theory we biased. like it, yes. Whether we like it or not, it will always be biased. So, following journalists, following people who live in Kashmir—I mean, like you said, they don't have internet right now—but people who are down there on the front line, reporting and, and talking about and uh, documenting what they see is crucial for us to for us to know and support step toward freedom.
0: What do you think India's purpose in all this is? Why? Why are they removing Article 370? Why do
2: they want to do that? And why now? I know that India's PM wants to integrate Kashmir with the rest of India. He wants to get rid of corruption and speed up its development. But here's the thing. India or Kashmir believes India just wants to allow non-residents to buy property in Kashmir and then allow Indians who are dominantly Hindu population, to take over Kashmir and then diluting its identity, its culture, and its religion.
0: Basically, they just want to take over, and they don't like the idea of it being a Muslim-majority state. They want to kind of integrate everything. And what they're and they're kind of putting a veil over it by saying, oh, you know, we're trying to get rid of corruption and help its development and make it more modern or whatnot. And it's not that. It's just about, like you said, diluting the religion, diluting
2: Islam in that area. They're coming out with these really low-budget, songs on TikTok and YouTube that it, they sound cute, but if you translate the lyrics, they're basically say, they're demonizing Kashmiri men and saying that we need to marry these Kashmiri women and save them and basically convert them to Hinduism. And they're like spreading like wildfire over TikTok and um, Indian YouTube. And all these people are like singing these songs like it's it's normal. It's normal to like commit genocide. That's crazy because I mean,
1: TikTok, and those apps are geared toward children. And it's kind of like instilling those thoughts and those beliefs in our youngest generation so that that hate will always
0: be carried on from generation to generation. It comes back to power. Like, I even literally seen a video recently because I was really trying to do as much research as possible about Kashmir, but there's it's just very limited, again, with what's going on. But there was even videos of, like, compare these people. When we're talking about them, we're not just saying um, the people of India because not everybody from India is a horrible person and they're for this. I'm talking about, like, you know how we have white nationalists here in America where they are there's nationalists in India and in any country that you go to there, you're going to find nationalists. There's these nationalists that i seen. It was so bizarre. They were stopping trucks from like crossing borders or just being on the road. If they had cows there, because Indians believe a cow is very sacred. Us Muslims We like to butcher cows And eat them You know what I mean It's like Or anybody else Like you know what I mean But so I think that's also Like a power trip there They feel like Oh who are these Muslims Coming in And like killing our Sacred animals And stuff like that So they would beat Like literally Physically beat These truck drivers To that extent And these are nationalists Hindu nationalists doing this and you know what they kind of get away with it the police forces are really doing much about it you have the leader who gets away with it doesn't get any jail time and you have videos of them unapologetically putting it online of beating these innocent truck drivers are doing their job but they have cows and they're just like basically transferring the cows that's just something so small but this is
2: something that's been going on all, like for the longest too just little things like this the muslim population in india is about 14% and over 90% of the hate crimes that occur are happening to that small minority, that 14% of Muslims. And a lot of it is about beating from cows. It's about the cow issue.
0: And that's crazy. For us, that's something we don't even think twice about. But for these people, because it's part of their religion, it's a huge deal. I want to move on to also another journalist. Actually, she's a women's rights activist. She also went to Kashmir. First of all, these people are very bold, very brave to be able to go oh, to a place like this where you actually have militia um, just patrolling the streets. But I found it interesting because when I was reading about Kashmir, it just kept I kept thinking about, oh, my God, this is just like the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. And when she went there, her name is Kavita Krishnan. She basically compared it to occupied Iraq and occupied Palestine. And she said, like, like Israeli military, basically India's armed and police forces have also held young children in custody young Kashmiri children in custody as an act of intimidation and they're basically raiding homes in the night you gotta understand why they do it in the night it just causes chaos it causes just like this trauma it causes more fear more fear yes it creates fear for the people of Kashmir for sure how do you feel about
2: that it's disgusting I I can't describe it any other way but just pure evil that's how I feel I I have no words And then there's like these
0: checkpoints. I don't know if, again, I'm just familiarizing myself with this, like there's actual checkpoints now um, amongst the villages in Kashmir. And then there's also a curfew and it makes it hard for people to go to hospitals and visit loved ones. And I've also watched another, another video and it was so, so, so sad. It was of a 14 year old Kashmiri girl who she was sitting inside of her house, she heard some chaos outside of her doorstep, outside of her home. She went outside to check out what's going on, and ended up being Indian police forces. And just for her stepping outside of her house, you guys, they shot her with pellets. And when I say pellets, when they shoot these pellets, that comes out of the guns, they disperse into three hundred pellets, and all of this came on her, raining down on her. So now she's blind. She basically went blind. And her grandfather taking to the hospital to just get treatment. But you it was such chaos watching this video. It made me very uneasy to see all these people like rushing to get to the doctor. And you only have one doctor in this hospital and he's trying to treat everybody. And you have a 14 year old girl that went blind just because she went outside of her doorstep. Like, I really want this to hit home for people and to understand, like, how privileged we are to live wherever we're living right now and we don't see this happening outside of our doorsteps
1: yeah and it's crazy like you said as palestinians we can relate to this and we've seen it happen through videos and and through people just taking videos on their phone we've seen it and that's why we need to be kind of like sensitive when we talk about these issues because we know what it's like and that's why we need to step up and say like it's not right that it's happening in uh, Palestine. It's not right that it's happening in uh, Kashmir. Kashmir. It's not right that it's happening in Iraq. It's not right that it's happening
0: anywhere in the world. You can't just support somebody because they're your pre- people. I, if I, I can't just talk about Palestine if I'm not going to talk about Kashmir. That, that That just makes you, like you said hypocritical Aisha like you can't be (laughs) hypocritical if you're speaking for peace for your people you better want that same peace and that same you know solidarity and everything for other people too in other countries what do you think is going to happen now when it comes to Kashmir what's what are your hopes what are your assumptions that's going to happen next do you think that anything is going to it's going to turn into
2: something good or it's just going to get worse I've always known this ever since I was a child I knew Something really, really bad is gonna happen. Something so bad that finally, our people are just gonna stop fighting because of how bad it got And I'm scared, I, I'm, I know something's gonna happen to my family.
1: What confuses me the most is that we have such powerful countries around the world. Why is nobody standing up and trying to offer help or offer mediation? Why is that like their disconnect as if Pakistan and India are separate from the rest of the world?
2: Yeah. the DeFranco was also talking about this. Like, why is nobody paying attention? Do we not recognize that they have nukes and they're both unstable countries? Like, once they go at it, the rest of the world will be affected. India and Pakistan, we create 40% of the world's wheat and rice and grains. And so if we go under, the world is going to go hungry. And that's just like one problem of it i mean can't even begin to talk about the effects of nukes being dropped and like the radiation that's going to like flow over to neighboring countries
0: i mean pakistan not only does it want like support from other countries i mean they're being proactive in a way by seeking like help from like the u.n security council and of course international forums such as like yeah other countries and everything because what they want right now pakistan does not want war and again i don't know maybe india doesn't want war either but they 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 just want India to have some restrictions placed upon it, as just like a way, as a as a precaution because of what's going on in Kashmir. Like you have to put restrictions on a country that is okay with almost committing genocide. Again, we don't know what's going on there at the moment. We don't know, but. some even some Pakistani leaders believe that India may pull off like a false flag operation and we know those all too well. And the purpose of these false flag operations is basically to kind of like move the lens from Kashmir to Pakistan and make Pakistan like the enemy and say that they're still harboring terrorism and terrorist groups and whatnot. And it diverts the attention from what's really going on in Kashmir and more so focus on Pakistan. And they're the bad guys. They're pretending that they want peace, but they're actually warmongers too.
1: How so do you feel about that? getting the rest of the world
0: against Pakistan.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't deny the fact that Pakistan has terrorist groups. Like, we are not a perfect country whatsoever. I actually criticize Pakistan way more than anyone would ever know. It's just, you know, my moment online, it seemed like I was very proud and nationalistic of Pakistan. That's not the case. And so what I know is that India did refuse help from the U.S.,
0: Yeah, because I think that India thinks that this is or they're saying that this is a bilateral issue, like it should stay between India and Pakistan. No outsiders should interfere. I think that's a little dangerous. Again, I'm not I'm not saying President Trump is going to save the world. He has his own issues. So I I think that's the last person that we should (laughs) ask for advice or anything like that. Um, But I
1: do think that like some like an unbiased country or an unbiased figure needs to kind of separate, kind of step in and separate. Listen, like. If you guys don't stop this, millions and millions and millions of people are going to lose their livelihoods.
0: Yeah, I I just think like no matter how many countries side with you or against you, like what's right will remain right and what's wrong will remain wrong. And genocide is wrong. Cutting people off from the rest of the world is wrong. And I I just it's so interesting to me because I feel like more often than not, we're now seeing like more democratic governments that are reaching a point of no return, which is war. And it just it shows how loosely we use the term democratic, like how democratic are we if we're not listening to our people? And then you but instead, these leaders are just like literally going at it because they're just so egotistical. It just it's so odd to me. It's just so sad and so scary when it comes to
2: Pakistan and India two nuclear powers. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. So we've been fighting over this issue for so many decades. So I do believe somebody needs to finally step in and go, hey, Let's figure this out once and for all. But um, is that Trump? Is he the guy who's going to do that? I don't think so. But I do know we need outside help for sure.
1: So what can we do as people who are sitting in America, you know, in the comfort of our homes? What can we do to help the people in Kashmir or help resolve the issue? Is there anything that you believe
2: that we can do? I wish I could provide you with like good GoFundMe pages or charities but I've been searching this whole time, and I can't find any that are reliable, that a thousand percent reliable. As of now, I can say, just talk about it. Keep talking about it online. I think that's really important. And you
0: know why? i also seen this very interesting analogy online. Um And basically it's like an analogy between leadership of a nation and leadership in Salah. And basically in Salah, like the congregation, like the rest of us are like, you know, praying behind the imam. Like we're not allowed to move before the imam. The imam basically, he reads the verses and everything like that. We follow him. But if the imam makes a mistake like let's just say he re, like messes up on a or something like that it's our duty as the people praying behind him to correct him and it, it was this is something that was prescribed by our prophet but so it's as if like so if a leader of a country is cruel then it's our duty are the people of that country to correct him and i think that's so important i think i want to leave off on that that I, we live in a generation where i feel like it is up to us to like you said aisha to have our voices be heard we want to be the echo for them that's what we want to be we don't want to steal their voices away their stories or anything like that we want to make sure we always continuously humanize these people because they're the ones that are facing this wrath but i think it's very important that we do keep these conversations going and we just don't like move on to the next tragedy and forget the last tragedy and i feel like people have moved on to the amazon forest and what's going on and i i'm so like shocked at what's going on that is very very sad that that's something that will affect us affect future generations But I don't want us to forget about Kashmir just in a second. Absolutely. And I think
1: I'm very proud of the people that I follow on Instagram and on social media because they are doing their part and sharing as much and and speaking out as much as they can. But like you said, Donia, there's so much going on in the world and we can't just move on to the next tragedy. We need to focus on each tragedy in itself because... I mean, we're not wonder people. We can't do a lot. We're right? not
0: superhumans, no, and but we can't we handle can, all that trauma exactly.
1: At once. But we can do our part, like you said. We can't speak for the people of Kashmir, but right now they're voiceless. They can't speak out because they don't have the tools and, and the outlets to do so. So it is our duty and our jobs to like stand up and say something.
0: Before we let you go, Aisha, is there anything else you want to say on? behalf of like what's going on over there or what
2: your hopes are or anything like that? I wish I could end this on a good note. But all I can say is that I'm really scared. And I know I'm not the only one. There's millions of people on both sides of the border that feel the same way that I do. I think it's going to get a lot worse before it finally gets better.
0: And you're being genuine, and you're being authentic, and you're being real, because I think a majority of us kind of almost like live in la la land, and we hope that oh, it's gonna, it's gonna get solved, it's gonna, it's gonna be okay. But we have Palestine that's still going through genocide to this day, and it hasn't been solved. And I don't think the people of Kashmir deserve this. Again, this didn't just happen. Kashmiris have been suffering for seventy plus years now, so I really want people to understand that. I, I really do hope for peace for one day in this world, and I just it's, it scares me too because I do feel like in a way judgment day is coming. Like you have all these tragedies happening, and people are going crazy. I, I feel that way. I really genuinely Same. feel that way. It's 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 crazy. What's the best way that our listeners can reach you? What what's your social media platforms? What are your handles? Just you know, I, I feel like Maybe right now you're taking a little break because there's a lot to digest, but I, I do feel like you you're somebody that will use your platform for good and you have and you've done such an amazing job for a, saying something at even yes, it's a beauty con event, but it needed to be said and you've caused a ripple effect and you've reignited the conversation about Kashmir. So, what are your
2: social media handles that people can reach you at? Both on Instagram and Twitter, it's Spicia. It was supposed to be a play on words on Spicy Aisha. Please Don't laugh at me. (laughs) I'm in college. So Spisha, S-P-I-S-H-A. And then on YouTube, it's just Aisha Malik. We want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for taking the time out to discuss
0: this. This is a heavy conversation. It's not something that you can just jump on a mic and just talk about like it's nothing. Because as we're talking about this, there are people in Kashmir that are really right now suffering um, in real time. So inshallah, we got, we'll we keep you guys up to yes, date. Thank you so much for
1: keeping the conversation going. and bringing awareness to this topic that absolutely needs to be brought up. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
0: Welcome back to our unfiltered afterthoughts. I think it's safe to say that the issue of Kashmir is not going to go away. It's not going to magically disappear, and it's not going to resolve itself either.
1: You know, unfortunately, we live in a time where the Kashmir situation isn't being broadcast and talked about through media and through social media as much as it should be. Um, and I think it's our duty to bring attention and awareness to what's going on over there.
0: Yeah, we might have like such a very, very, very small platform, but again. This is a ripple effect. You have to keep the conversation going. I do commend Aisha for taking um, the opportunity. She really, any opportunity that you guys have to speak up on issues and to right wrongs, take that opportunity do not let it slip by because she could have kept walking i mean this is somebody she was facing somebody that is very well known and for her to take that mic and demand that her voice be heard we should all be able to be capable of doing that absolutely and i don't think that we should let the amount of followers that someone
1: has stop us from like speaking up and saying like no what you're saying is incorrect or i disagree with you because like you said what what is right is right and no amount of
0: followers or a blue check mark is going to change that We can't give these celebrities a free pass. I'm sorry. And I'm I'm honestly over it. Like, we idolize these celebrities like crazy. But I don't know about you, Zaina, but in a weird way, I see celebrities as just normal human beings. And no offense to them, but they honestly annoy me more often than not, in a way. because No, definitely. I think it gets to their head, their their following, um, and just who they are. It gets to their head, and they need to really be careful what they say. For her, and we didn't even mention this, but for her to tell Aisha she needs to stop venting was a little ridiculous. Like, you're somebody that's supposed to be educated, that's supposed to be very well-versed, that knows how to talk with people. Just because you didn't have your PR team in your ear, I think you should have known as a human being, like, how to properly communicate with somebody like that somebody that was addressing her concerns and she should be able to address her concerns regardless of the event not being appropriate or not to do that absolutely and like we said it
1: doesn't matter where or when it takes place if you see something that's wrong it's your duty to speak out and that just like you said it does go to their heads they feel like it's their duty to say what they're saying and spread these misconceptions and kind of like just create more tension and create more problems between people who might not know what's going on in Kashmir.
0: And this isn't a conversation to be had to just attack the people of India. I don't think it's the people of India that are at fault. I do disagree when they do make it seem like if you do speak up about Kashmir that it's automatically everybody against them and it's not so much so that because we're taking away from the true issue which is What's going on in kashmir unfortunately right now in the india administered part of kashmir again i want to like make sure you guys understand that it's split into two different parts so there is a part that it's it's going through this unrest and going through this turmoil and these are real people that are dying every day they're being shot at with pellets and you also have to understand that like some other parts of the world believe it or not these police forces are protected There's laws that actually protect these police forces. And I mean, I don't know why I say in some parts of the world, as if I'm talking about only third world world countries, we have that, we see that happening in the U.S. Absolutely, yeah. You have the police officer that shot and killed Eric Garner just recently. He finally got what he deserved. And I mean, of course, that's still not enough justice, but it's some justice. But I'm trying to explain to you, like, it's it's very hard to see these people going through something like this and the world is just silent. Why isn't everybody talking about Kashmir? Aren't they human beings too? Something that I also want to bring
1: up is while everything was going on and Priyanka was kind of belittling Aisha, she... Aisha was screaming, "I love India. I love Indian." As much as I, much as I end, love Pakistan, yes. And I think at the end of the day, it's it's just about peace. It's just about people wanting to leave their house and go to the grocery store without the fear and and the uh, the fear of like something happening to their friends and, and to them. I mean, like we said, we can relate to that. We have family in Palestine who. May not be living in the areas
0: that are constantly under attack but that fear is always in the back of our minds in the back of their mind and i do understand when there there is an uprising there's an uprising of the people sometimes and then when you overthrow the government and whatnot there's also instability that follows right after Mm -hmm. and the the area does become unstable and there's a lot of questions and concerns but sometimes like in those situations i feel like we need this to happen no matter how long there's unrest and instability and whatnot we need better leaders because you have countries that are armed heavily and anything can happen at any given moment and we see that with our own president with trump like it's it's crazy so i just hope you guys took a lot away from this episode we try to make it very easy to understand what's going on because sometimes things can get a little complicated when it comes to different parts of the world that we're not familiar about but hopefully you learn from this and i hope 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 that our listeners can continue the conversation it is a community This is a community effort. It's up to all of us to say something, to do something, and not to stay silent. Do your part. Follow journalists on social
1: media who are in Kashmir covering what's going on. Talk about it with your friends and family so that others
0: know about it. And spread that knowledge through social media. Yeah. As always, thank you so much for listening, for supporting us, for showing us so much love. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.